Welcome back to Country and Cold Cans. As always, I'm Logan sitting here with Andy and Kyle. And today we have a special guest. We have the meme man himself from Think I'll Just Stay Here and Meme. How you doing, man? Appreciate you coming uh, on. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, like I was telling you a little bit before we before we hit the the red button and started flashing and recording on us that uh we're uh I've been a fan of yours for a little while, following your stuff on Instagram and uh and Twitter and you know, learned about you uh actually from a North Carolina band. Um uh, called Whiskey Foxtrot. I know you're based in Kentucky. So one thing I wanted to ask you was, how in the world did you find out about a, a band from Winston-Salem? I'm not sure. I guess, I think they started following me because I started promoting pretty much anybody that sent me anything. And uh, they sent me, I guess it was when they first started releasing singles for their debut, but they released them like, you know, almost a year ahead of time, close right. to it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. They they sent me a few, and then I started seeing those live videos they did. Um, their buddy recorded for them, and man, I, they jam. They yeah, jam. They yeah, they do. Yeah, and they're great. I, I tell everybody every anytime I have the chance. I think they have the best team around them as far as their you know Seth's sister, his mom. They, I, I mean, they're what they're doing over there, especially, is pretty impressive. It really is, man. They got a lot of support, you know, from uh, from Seth's family in particular. But they got they do have a good team around them because anytime you go to any of their shows anywhere in North Carolina, you know, they got the the whole crowd with them. You know, they're helping them unload and load things. Like it, it's nice to have that support system around, especially when a band's first getting started, dropping their first LP like these guys did. And when they, I met them. Um, I can't remember exactly how I met them at this point, to be honest. But I I met them sometime in Raleigh in person, I think we had reached out to him on uh, Twitter or something like that. One of Andy went, cause Andy and I started this show about two years ago. And, um, the, we had reached out to these guys cause the North Carolina connection. And I got to say, man, I was impressed. These guys drove all the way to, for, from Winston Salem to Raleigh, which ain't like it's, uh, you know, a thousand miles or anything, but it ain't like it's up the road either. Right. We're, we're t- towards more like center to Eastern part of the state. They're out towards like in the triad area on the Western part of the state more. So, and they drove all the way out here just to do an interview with us. Me and Andy were like, I hope these guys uh, know that we're get, we're just getting started too. <laughs> but we appreciate uh, them yeah. doing that. <laughs> Dude, they're the best. And they've, you know, they did a live stream for me whenever all this, you know, stuff stopped, all the shows and everything. And they they hopped on and did a live stream. And I just think they, they each bring a great element to the band. And it's, uh, you know, a couple of different sounds maybe mixed in. Mm-hmm. And I think, like I said, that I, Everything they do from the videos, the the live videos that their buddy shot oh, were yeah. amazing. And I mean, just for a DIY, it's pretty awesome. It really is. We actually uh the intro to our show, because I reached out to a Sam a while back and he <laughs> said that he would talk to Seth. They said they were both cool with it, but our intro to our show is actually Fulton County Night. We have a, yeah. a clip from that man, and that's that one's such a rocker. It's probably my yeah. favorite song on the album. It reminds me. Uh, so like me, obviously I've been living in Raleigh, North Carolina for about nine years. It's like, I'm obviously a big American aquarium fan as a result yeah. of that. And yeah. a lot, a good portion of their d- discography, like definitely kind of has some shades of American, uh, American aquarium influence, which I really yeah. dig, you know, Sam's a huge I, American aquarium fan too. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like his, his stuff maybe goes more towards that alt country style. Yeah. And then Seth just comes in and blows your head off with his guitar riffs and everything. Oh, for sure. So, for yeah, sure. yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, all country used to be a kind of a, a it's it's still got a decent scene, but it used to be a bigger thing in Raleigh uh, a little bit before my time when I was still just growing up. But I know like Ryan Adams, you know, used to play this little place called the Brewery. Um, this no longer it's now an apartment complex, if you can believe that. But he used to play this little dive bar called the Brewery um, down on Hillsborough Street near the university. And it's just it, it, then you have the backsliders. People like alt country was kind of a vibrant thing around here. And that's definitely seeped into like the kind of stuff I tend to lean to a little bit more because like yeah. we we um, kind of give you an idea, you know, as you already might be familiar with kind of where we are a lot on the Slightly. like the yeah the independent kind of music scene like we were when we had garrett and uh and mike on from hippies and cowboys we told them like if you go from like one side is like real independent and the other side's mainstream you got whiskey riff up here close to the mainstream yeah you have hippies and cowboys over here probably as far away from the mainstream and then country and cold cans kind of rides that middle a little bit hey we're, we're a, a little bit more a little bit more alt country a little bit more rock and roll at times than uh than those guys are but but we definitely like appreciate, you know, the more rootsy side of the genre as well. Yeah, for sure. And there's nothing, you know, I, I've never been one to trash any of that. Like there's good stuff on mainstream radio and, you know, I know uh, I see you guys do, uh, I think maybe I saw you talking about Eric church. Yeah. And uh, dude, he, he's probably the reason I started gravitating towards better music. When I got out of high school, I bought, I'm not going to tell you the other two albums I bought, but I, I bought three <laughs> three albums on the same day, and his his debut was one of them. Oh yeah, and then you know I just didn't even ended up not even listening to the other two, and uh, yeah, I, I love Eric Church. Yeah, I still I do. do. Yeah. I went to his. Uh, he did a show at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Ooh, I don't know, it's the biggest one ever there, and it was pretty wild. It was wild, dude. Was it one of those albums, Luke Bryan? <laughs> no, 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 but I'm not gonna say it was a whole lot better. But I don't even. Oh my god, I shouldn't even brought that up. But <laughs> about everybody was a Luke Bryan fan during that time period. Yeah, man. Look, if if we're being completely honest with you, um, right before Andy and I had, as we like to call it, our musical awakening, which actually for me a lot of it, a lot of it was uh, Eric Church influenced as well. well. I mean, we listened to a lot of shitty pop country uh, early on. <laughs> a lot of it. Yeah, and then it finally yeah. you kind of start to hear some of the other guys. I remember when we discovered Turnpike, uh, Troubadours, and American Aquarium. It was like. You know, my eyes were wide open at that point. It kind of set me down this rabbit hole of the <laughs> the Texas Red Dirt kind of uh, yeah. scene that we've got really gotten into. Yeah, and it seems like Turnpike's a big one for a lot of people. I uh, I've never really gotten into them. I mean, I right. appreciate what they and I and I love the people. They people freaking love them, man. Yeah. Obviously, you know that <laughs> it's ridiculous. But uh, I never I've listened to them, and I I get it. I just I don't know for some reason it doesn't grab me. But there's my here in Kentucky, I guess we had like um, fifth on the floor. I don't know if you ever heard of them, but that was uh, Justin Wells. Okay, um, yeah, that was his band. He was with, and they were more of like a southern rock band. They did a, two or three albums, and uh, so that was kind of my. They used to play with like uh, Whitey Morgan when he was yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of starting out and stuff. So that was my introduction, kind of hopping into that kind of stuff. Um, but Turnpike's a big one for a lot of people. Yeah, it definitely was yeah. for me and Andy because we uh about two or three years ago, me, Andy, and my older brother, and my older brother's now wife, we flew all the way out to Tulsa, Oklahoma for New Year's Eve to see Turnpike at Kane's Ballroom. Oh, that, damn! That was a sick show. Like, yeah, I definitely it's uh something I I definitely need to get out that way a little bit more because the uh, live music scene out in that part of uh the country is a little <laughs> bit more vibrant than it is around here. 
Yeah, it's and I mean they stay busy in Tulsa and yeah. Canes is somewhere I I want I've never been and I want to go so I'm a little jealous of that one that's pretty badass. Andy, tell him about that story from Canes that uh, Andy's favorite thing to tell people about what to do when you go to Canes. We were taught by the locals themselves. Oh yeah, they sell you a six pack. They'll sell you a six pack of beer from the bar. What you do is when they give you that six pack, you pull one out of each one, you take your empty hole and you put it on your belt loop and you walk around with two, five beers on each side of your waist. <laughs> God. Oh gosh. They're a different breed over there. I know, when the man, show they... starts, you ain't got to worry about going back to the bar. That's true. I wish, more, I wish more venues would do that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, like, yeah, it's funny you mentioned Eric Church because I know that uh, Kyle uh, and me and Andy are all big um, church fans. Like, he's one of those guys that, you know, before we get into a little bit more of our bread and butter and your bread and butter with, uh, I guess, more independent music, Eric Church is one of the guys in the mainstream that has consistent – I mean, has he had some bad songs? Oh, yeah, of course. It's going to happen with people in the mainstream. But he's been pretty consistent with putting out at least some quality music, especially relative to his peers in the mainstream. And I just got to respect the way that guy takes care of his fans, man. Like the putting on uh, the double down tour, uh, playing for almost three hours. It's almost Springsteen esque. Yeah. Like you just, he's, you're a different animal if you're doing stuff like that. Yeah. I remember, uh, I think it was when his second album came out. And man, we were tearing it up. And my now wife, I don't think she was my wife. Man. I don't think she was. Uh, man, we were just talking how. We, we couldn't believe he wasn't playing because he wasn't playing on the radio until he released the the smoke a little smoke you yeah, know they yeah. had a couple but nothing mm-hmm. big and uh that was from that album and we just we never could figure out why he wasn't played on the radio and now he's he's the he's the king of it i mean he still have stapleton yeah but i i think eric church i mean he's he's pretty big i don't know if he's they're probably one a and one b if i had to guess yeah i, w- and, I would uh, say so so he's he's blown up. I love it. I'm happy for him. He's a good dude. Yeah, man. So pivoting away from a North Carolina artist and more to a Kentucky artist that, you know, he's definitely one of the bigger guys coming out of Kentucky. But I wanted to ask your opinion on this as a native uh, native of the great state of – or as a Commonwealth, right? Y'all are a Commonwealth. Commonwealth. Yeah, Commonwealth, yeah. Kentucky. So, like, one thing that I've never understood, like, I understand why I like Tyler Childers. But yeah. the thing is, when it comes to a lot of my friends here from North Carolina that are not really into that, that kind of music as much, they'll listen to some of uh, the more independent and like red dirt, for lack of a better term, uh, style music, and they just don't get into it. But then they hear Tyler Childers and they'll be play- like, you, it'll be nothing at an NC State football game to he- see a, a group of frat guys go from Jason Aldean to White House Road back to back. And I just I don't understand, man. Like I, I like I love his music. I think he's fantastic. But yeah. I want to get your take on that. What do you think connects a lot of these people that don't like that type of music to, to Tyler Childers? Yeah, I I think he can't help but write the catchiest damn songs on the planet. I mean, every song he writes, he can't help it. Uh, when I went and watched uh, him and Sturgill at uh, Rupp Arena, I mean, the whole place was singing along. It, I mean, it's. It's amazing. It blows my mind. And, and, but he does that without sacrificing his art. Right. Which I've kind of likened to, not on the same level yet anyway, but I think Morgan Wade is very similar to that. Yeah. I know she's from Virginia, but um, I, don't think, I, I just don't think they can help but write super catchy songs. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it, 
I don't know, people, you, like you said, you, you see a frat boy that go from, yeah, Jason Aldean or something right into White House Road, which I love that. I still love that song. Oh, yeah. But I guess too. it is, I guess it is more, you know, it's talks about cocaine and everything yeah, else. Yeah. So, you know, people trying to jump all over it, even though we've never been near the stuff. So I know exactly. <laughs> like, it, it's funny you say that because um, uh, last December, or no, two Decembers ago now, I saw um, Tyler Childers at a place called The Ritz in Raleigh that only holds about just under 2,000 people. And the place was like slam-packed for a show in North Carolina. And he like literally, obviously we all know there's people in there that have have had a little bit of nose candy in their lives, but I personally have never been near the stuff. But it's just something about when that line comes up everybody just starts like screaming it. And it, even though the like I, I can, yeah, even though I can say I've never even seen it in real life. <laughs> exactly. We went to a show. Oh goodness. This was, I guess, towards the era of the, the end of the long hair era. And, uh, that's why I got a video scanning the crowd and everybody's acting like that. I mean, people acting like they're snorting cocaine in the crowd and they're not like, <laughs> oh, this is insane. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny with Tyler Childers too. Like some of my coworkers, um, they they don't like country music at all, and yeah. but then they'll they'll play Tyler Childers and they don't even like pop country. They just they're just into other stuff, which is you know mm-hmm. fair enough. But they'll play Tyler Childers, and it I can't tell you how frustrate how frustrating it is for me when they listen to that and they're like, "This is pretty good," but I wouldn't call this country. I'm like, "Well, what the hell do you call it then?" <laughs> yeah, exactly, Americana. Americana. It ain't no part of nothing. <laughs> uh, I made a meme about that today, but I didn't, I didn't share it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, and I live in SEC country, you know, right. so they, uh, they, they put all yarn on a commercial that played all the time. I don't know if you, if you all get any of that stuff, but uh, it played constantly. So I had friends that hate country music, anything to do with they. Of course, they just don't know it, but right, uh, they love that damn song. I know that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that one's yeah, a really accessible song, too. Yeah, and that's the thing. I wish more people like I know bands I used to listen to back in the day, they would maybe make radio friendly songs or at least a few of them just to support, you know, support the album and get For people sure. to buy it. And then, you know, then you smack them in the face with all the real stuff on the back end, even though, yeah. you know, like I said, it doesn't matter what he writes. He, he wrote a song about, can I say jerking off? Oh yeah. Already for did. sure. Yeah, already for did. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a song about jerking off and it's, I mean, I know. God, I know. Like in the funny, like, and then you see some of his unreleased stuff, like wailing on my Willie. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he, he can take something in the, in the funny thing is that just speaks to the genius of Tyler Childers. He wrote a song about jerking off, but it's really a love song to his wife. I know. God, they say chivalry's dead. Exactly, right? There's still some gentlemen out there in Kentucky. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so it's funny, like, when you say, oh, man, I'll get the other guys to hop in on this, too. Like, some of the stuff that we kind of lean towards a little bit um, more, like, one of the guys that we 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 get why some people don't like him, but at the same time, I really am a big fan of his music out of Texas that I think he's about to blow up. And you were talking about people that put a little bit more of a commercial spin on something at first, and then they hit you with the album. I think Parker McCollum kind of fits in that, that category, you know, like pretty hard. It's about as commercial as he says he's going to get, but like, then you listen to the rest of his music and there, there's still some teeth to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was guilty of just judging the book by the cover on that one. And uh, I saw Garrett, Mike had him, 
on their podcast. And I was, I still, I only listened to him like for the first time, like literally a few weeks ago. Right. And, uh, I was pretty impressed. Yeah. He's got that. Yeah. That song he that's popular on radio. And, uh, but what he said during his interview with Mike and Garrett was something like, I want to write Chris Knight songs and make Luke Bryan money. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, damn. That's I mean, a good way of putting you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, because Chris Knight's from a few miles down the road from where I'm at. So, I mean, he's he writes his, you know, gritty songs. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I, I see no issue with celebrating the people that are trying their hardest to keep mainstream radio from being. I mean, it, it's Southern pop. Why can't we just why? I don't yeah. know why they haven't split it up put yeah. it somewhere i don't i don't know but anyway y'all y'all know what it is and it's like we should celebrate the ones that are at least trying you know i, I love miranda lambert I love oh yeah yes yes we do <laughs> Damn. Says, Damn says, says the one guy on this show that uh that's engaged he, he said that mighty fervently if you ask me <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a, a little too aggressive yeah i'm a huge miranda lambert fan man yeah, yeah I, I, mean, I, I go ahead and, oh, and, and he likes her music yeah, <laughs> Andy loves uh, Parker as much as I love Miranda. Uh, hey. <laughs> no, I, I do agree with you though. Like, I don't know if you listen to XM Radio, but but the highway now is just it's just awful. I mean, it's not yeah. even. They really should. I'm I'm surprised XM hasn't made another channel for you know you could put it right there. You know the Red Dirt channel. You can name it whatever you wanted, but. At the beginning of XM, like ten years ago, that's where I first heard Eric Church when he, you know, sang, uh, put out the song "Lightning," mm-hmm. and you would yeah. never, you would never hear something like that on the highway or any of that. Now, I mean, and it's basically pop radio. It, it, it is, exactly what it is. Yeah. Like, yeah, exactly what it is. It's, they all it's, sell out eventually. They do, they do. That's yeah. why I have high hopes, and I hope I'm not going to get let down again. But I have high hopes for Parker that he knows where his line is. And he sounds like he does because it's like he, I think he even said this on uh, Mike and Garrett's show. He's like, look, he said, people write me off because of the way I look. He's like, the way I look at it, it's all right to look like a douchebag. Just don't sing like one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. He, uh, Yeah, like I said, I was impressed. And Garrett told me to go back and listen to his first album, Yeah, I think. And, I mean, it wasn't too commercial. Once again, yeah. I mean, some people just write catchy songs, and I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with that. Um I do have to say, you really sound like Dale Earnhardt Jr. I'm sure it's just the North Carolina <laughs> thing, but it just keeps it keeps smacking me in the face, and it just hit me. I was like, "Yep, that's it." Who called us? No, you. Oh, I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, look, man, I'll take that as a compliment any day of the week. Absolutely. Yeah. We just had a, a three second moment of silence on our last episode because it was a uh, twentieth twentieth uh, year anniversary of when Dale Senior. I had his accident on the track of Daytona. Mm-hmm. So we, we gave him three minutes, uh, three seconds of a moment of silence for the intimidator. Yeah. I remember where I was. My dad called me. I'm from Owensboro, Kentucky, which is uh Daryl Waltrip and Michael Waltrip yep. and the green brothers. And I don't know if y'all like motorcycle racing, but the Hayden brothers and all these people. And, uh, so my dad kind of was in with those guys. And, uh, I don't know. So I just latched on to Dale Earnhardt when I was in like, second grade third grade maybe so we go to talladega every year and uh yeah man i i remember exactly where i was and i remember he called me that next morning at my friend's house and i was like god dang that was rough um yeah but and 
I made a post about it on my page that day. And it, the one thing it did do was made the sport a lot safer. You know, yeah, I mean, it just it did. did. So it sucks still. Cause yeah. I mean, the sport has not been the same since then. Yeah. It's it like, hasn't. um, on my, so I, I have another podcast that I, I do with my brother and two of our good buddies. They're, they're all about eight to 10 years older than me, but that we have kind of like a Southern centric like sports and southern culture kind of podcast called miserable and reckless and we interviewed i don't know if you've ever heard of him because he don't really have a genre that he he's in it just depends on what he's doing at the moment but it's a guy named Sonny ledford out of north carolina i haven't yeah so it, his the, the last like five years so his music's been more house kind of sound and music than anything but he started off a little bit more um a little bit roots here in the earlier of his career but he has one song that oh that kind of explains how a lot of people and I know a lot of people in North Carolina feel about racing. Uh, it says, hell no, I don't watch racing no more. It ain't the same since we lost senior. <laughs> hey, I like that. <laughs> that does make me think though. I got a guy from, uh, here in Kentucky, Western Kentucky named Tony Lowe and he's got a song called Earnhardt and it's, you know, it's nothing, nothing about directly about him, but oh man, that's, that's one of my favorite songs. So if you get a chance, yeah, I, check, I'll it check that out. You said Tony yeah. Lowe. Tony Loke, L O G U E. Okay, cool. Yeah, I have to write yeah. that down. I'll, I'll make sure and make a note of that because I'm I, anytime there's any mention of the Intimidator, I know that uh, North Carolinians love to hear that. So I definitely will share that with my, yeah. my brother and a couple of our buddies because Dale Earnhardt was such a polarizing <laughs> figure for in NASCAR. You either loved him or you hated him. My older brother yeah. absolutely loved him, and my grandma could not stand the man. She was a, she was a Ford woman who is a uh, was a Mark Martin fan for the longest time, and she just all the time talk about how Dale Earnhardt was he raced dirty. He didn't race like you're supposed to race. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the sentiment among those people. But oh well. Oh yeah. Damn, it was fun. <laughs> That's why they call him the Intimidator. Yeah, there you go. Oh yeah, I'm proud to say I did get kicked out of the Intimidator track in Myrtle Beach on a go kart track. That was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get down there. Do they still have that roller coaster down there? At the is it the Carolyn or how do you Kings say Dominion. Oh, well, no, Kings Dominion? Kings Dominion's in Virginia. That's um, in, uh, Myrtle Beach used to have down in South Carolina. They used to have um, the Pavilion, which isn't there anymore, but they still have Family Kingdom. So that might be what you're thinking about. I thought it was the Carowinds or something. Is that uh, so not that's a part right. of? That? That's on the oh, okay. North Carolina, okay. South Carolina line, I believe. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They got an intimidated roller coaster. Over yeah. There. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That's over in Charlotte. Yeah. Closer to Charlotte. Makes sense. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah. So, so tell us one thing I've been, one thing I really wanted to kind of tell you, cause I always like listening to new artists. I know that like discover when you discover somebody good for the first time, it's hard to beat that feeling. Like I, I kind of wanted to get your insight um, on, some of the people we need to pay attention to out of the Kentucky scene. Cause I know, man, I got to tell you, y'all got a vibrant music scene coming out of that state. Man, it's, it's always been good, but it's never, I don't know if it's ever been this good. It's the past 10 years, maybe since Stur, uh, Sturgill and uh, Chris kind of blew up. It's like they're coming out of the woodwork everywhere. And, uh, you know, my favorite, artist from here i think he's the most underrated artist you may already listen to him i don't know but uh nicholas jamerson i've heard a couple and songs he, and i liked what i heard he's in a he was in a band called sunday best which maybe that'd probably be right up your alley like it's it's kind of got a cleaner sound that could mm -hmm. be mainstreamish, but they still wrote you know real sounding songs and right. uh anyway he broke off from there a couple of years ago and 
he released an album called NJ and it might, it, I, uh, it's my, one of my top three albums for sure. And I, I think it's Appalachian gold. That's what I, that's what I tell everybody. I, I truly think that it's got a mix of the, the rock, the folk sound and stuff. It's got bits of like home video audio put into it. And it's, Oh, it's so damn good. And uh, anyway, he is getting back with Sunday best that just started. And uh, they're, they're throwing shows. They've got three sold-out shows in their hometown in eastern Kentucky coming up soon. So I'm excited to get over there and see live music again. That's, I've seen a couple uh, a couple of them, concerts, I guess. But, damn, it's just not the same. I don't know if you've been lucky enough to see any, but... Not really. <laughs> I think it's been a, a year to the day since the last concert I've been to. Yeah, it, same here because um, I think it was last year, um, the last actual concert we went to, not just seeing like a bar band or whatever, right? Which I still enjoy that too. But like the last actual like small venue show, um, most of the guys like we – so it, it's it's another polarizing guy in the Texas scene that just almost all my friends, regardless of their musical uh, taste, kind of have latched onto this guy. But we a year ago our last concert was uh, was a Co Wetzel show actually, and I tell you yeah. that was one that was one of the rowdiest freaking shows I've ever been to. I see you guys talking about uh, him quite often, and I tell pe- people love to hate on him because he's yeah. so. I mean, he's out there, and I oh, get 100%. It. like he's he's like a probably a little bit of a jock and whatever else. But like, I don't necessarily listen to him. I have, but I get why people like him, especially you know younger people. I, I mean, what's not to love? He's crude as hell. <laughs> yes. He talks shit all the time. So I, I get it. And I mean, his music rocks. It's, uh, you know, maybe he'll do a country album. I hear he talks talks about doing that here and there. But When he turns 30. Yeah, I mean, he does all, he's just doing what like cross-Canadian ragweed and those guys did. I mean, he's just maybe a little more edgier than they yeah. are. But yeah, why well, People love him. People love to hate him. So same day, he's the intimidator of country music. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny because like his music is uh, is something about how I think it's just what's so appealing to him. Because like we're on the older end of his fan base. Like we're all about twenty seven. So like we're still in his like age range, but we're on the little bit older end because he really has a heavy college crowd. And uh, but I think that a lot of his appeal is his just, I don't give a fuck attitude, you know? Yeah. And then his shows are kind of like that. I think it's just something about when you're in that kind of rebellious early twenties kind of phase that it's just, it's something that is gra- It makes you kind of gravitate towards it a little bit. That's, that's exactly what I say. I mean, it's, you know, it's not like we all didn't listen to gangster rap, the suburban white kids. At one <laughs> right. point, <you> know, <laughs> it's like, you just want to get wild and have fun. I mean, he's going to be wild and have fun. So, I mean, Oh yeah. And I'm sure his music will change as he gets older. You know what I mean? I mean, oh, yeah. maybe one day he makes honky tonk records with steel guitar and sings about lady leaving him and all that. So I don't know. We'll see. But yeah. enjoy the hell out of the way he can. I mean, he's he's wild. That's and, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. And when, when did that was your last concert you saw? Is that what you said? Before? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, it was March seventh of twenty twenty. It was right before. So it, we went um, on that day to that concert, and then literally a, a week and a half later, North Carolina went on their stay at home order, and everything yeah. has, has basically been to different varying degrees shut down for the la- better part of the last year. Starting to open yeah. up a little bit more, thankfully, because you know 
it just when you kind of sit at home for a few months, you get start getting a little bit of cabin fever. So. Yeah, it's rough, huh? We uh, what did you see him in North Carolina? Yeah, yeah. So we we actually saw him three times that year, or within that uh, that calendar year, we saw him once in Virginia Beach, saw him once in Charlotte, North Carolina, and then the last time was it was here. It was a hometown show for us in uh, Raleigh, North Carolina, and then that was the last one we saw before things kind of shut down. Yeah. Um. Last one I saw, I think it was the very end of February, was the Sturgill Tyler show. Oh, yeah. At, and that was until I, I was able to go to a couple of others. I went to one in, uh, which there's actually a festival coming up. I'm on the way there. Uh, in uh, Laurel Cove, which is southeastern Kentucky. It might be the prettiest land there is in Appalachia. It's, it's stunning. And, uh, they have like an amphitheater carved into the mountain pretty much. Mm-hmm. And uh, we saw Nicholas Jamerson was supposed to play. Unfortunately, he ended up getting sick. So I guess with the COVID stuff, he backed out of it. But anyway, we saw a few few local bands. It was fun. And uh, they're actually putting on, they do a festival every year there. And the one this year, I don't know if you, they did a announcement on Hippies and Cowboys. Yeah. But uh, I mean, Morgan Wade. Mike and the Moon Pies, so I'm at 49 Winchester. Do you like Oh, yeah. Them? Yeah, oh, yeah. I'm, I like those guys a lot. I just had uh, – I just discovered them not too long ago. I can't remember who it was that told me about them, but I, I really got into it because it, what caught my eye was uh, they have a song called Raleigh, and obviously yeah. I've been living here for a better part of a decade now, so it's like anytime <laughs> there's a hometown shout-out like that, it, it catches my eye. So I really kind of dove into that stuff, and I tell you what, man, that song, Hayes, Kansas, is a straight jam. That's the one. And that was on, they have an older version of that on, which is pretty similar, but on uh, one of their first albums. And yes, that song jams. I love it. And, uh, but they've, they're kind of, they're getting ready to blow up. I think they, think they so get too. a lot of press with this latest album they released. And of course you're, you're doing it during a pandemic. So you can't really go tour and see where you're really at, I guess. But yeah, they're, they're doing great. And, uh, anyway, I jumped off subject there, but, uh, the Laurel Cove Festival. And then I went and saw Tony Logue, who I mentioned to you earlier. Him, uh, Jason Evans. You write that name down. Yeah. He's I'm, from I'm, Central I'm Kentucky. Make some notes about these. <laughs> <laughs> he's from Central Kentucky. And he's he, he and Tony Logue are both like uh, maybe like a good mixture of Chris Knight and John Prine, at least as far as how they sing and the, the stuff they cover. Um, and then Cole Chaney, have you listened heard, to him yet? I've heard of him. Um, I think I, I want to say it was Mike that had tweeted something about that. And, um, okay. I, he's, he's on my list of people to check out and I'm, I don't know how you are, man, but I'm notorious for like checking out new music, but then, you yeah. know, on my commute to work, I end up falling back into the same old, same old. And I have to like tell myself, I've got to jump back into some of this other stuff so I can talk <laughs> I about know. somebody else. <laughs> it's easy to do. I know how it is. I got one playlist and I go to it all the time and I always forget to add stuff to it and all this other stuff. But Cole Chaney is the real deal. He sent me a song probably a year ago. It was the first song he ever wrote called Cole Shooter. And uh, he's from, obviously he's from Appalachia and the Cole region and all that. But so people want to be like, oh, he's the next Tyler Childers. And like, as far as writing, I'm going to get blasted. I think his writing as of this point is better than Tyler's, at least on, on his first, on Tyler's first album. Yeah. Yeah. 
in my opinion. Uh, and he writes, I tell him he doesn't, he doesn't write songs. He writes epics. Cause they're like, you know, five, six minute songs and they've right. got, you know, this huge storyline, but they're super catchy. He's got a knack for that too. And, uh, he just released his first single, uh, called Ill Will Creek mm-hmm. back a couple of weeks ago and uh, has an album on the way, but he's only been writing songs for a year. Good word, man. I'm telling you, he's, he's legit. So that's, that's a name you, you need to have written down. Like I say, he's got one single out, but he's got a Red Barn session on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he did a live stream. with We, we live streamed that Tony Lowe, Jason Evans, Cole Chaney show on my show, or on the page. And uh, it's pretty badass. Yeah, I'm going to have to yeah. definitely check that out. Is he a young guy just starting out? Or? Yeah. 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 I don't know if I should say how old he is so he can continue to play in the establishment. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Yeah, I should check him out. He's I like the, the long short story songs. That's that's yeah. right in my wheel. That's one of my favorite things about Turnpike. Yeah. And uh it, he'll be right up your alley. If you go if, if you just type it in the red barn stuff, I think all the, the main ones are on there. And he's he's gonna be, I think, the next big thing. Yeah. Hey, yeah. one thing that made me think about this, because uh, we've had it happen to us once a while back, <laughs> um, with with like you got a pretty big following at this point with, um, with what you're doing, especially like on Instagram, but like when you were starting out and you were starting to kind of like give some publicity to some of these guys that people need to learn and then like give it like six months. And then some of the bigger publications start picking up on it. And you're like, does it ever kind of like you're yeah. glad to see, but at the same time, you're just like, you know what? I was talking about this six months ago. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like, especially with Cole. Cause I know I was the first one he, he sent me and probably, you know, I'm sure his friends and stuff, that video of him singing that song. And now he's, he's really like, once he released the single, the whole Kentucky scenes all over him. Right. I'm like, y'all have just been paying attention for the past year. Yeah. I've been posting this kid's stuff, but I get, I mean, you know, whatever. Yeah. It I, is what it is. It right? is <laughs> yeah. It is what it is. I'm super stoked for him and anybody else that, that I'm able to help. I mean, yeah. I don't make a damn dime off what I do. And, uh, but I appreciate people showing, I, you know, the first time I ever listened to this show was whenever Whiskey Foxtrot was on here. And I heard Sam talk about, you know, sending me stuff to put on the story and all that. And, uh, so that was, uh, you know, a pleasant surprise. And I, I appreciated that. Yeah, man, for sure. Like I, I, I remember, um, you sent me a, a message after, I, I think it was the first or second interview we had them on. I can't remember. I told Andy, I said, that might be one of the best compliments we've ever gotten on this show. Cause you told me, you said, Hey man, I just listened to the interview with whiskey Foxtrot. And I want to tell you, I have to sit through a lot of shitty interviewers when I'm listening <laughs> I, to my favorite bands. He goes, and you guys are definitely not shitty. I appreciate that. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I did. And I mean it with, Oh my God. Listening to, Country music podcast. Oh gosh! Shout out! Shout out to Mike and Garrett. They suck yeah. at it. <laughs> no, <laughs> I told Garrett I was going to come on here and just talk shit about them the whole time. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, but for I mean, it's it's not easy. You either find the people that are you know journalists, so yeah. they, you know they think they were actual interviewers, but yeah, listening to that one. That was a pleasant surprise because it's when conversation flows. And I guess you maybe had a, 
I don't know if you had a little bit of a rapport built up with them at that point or not, but um, I think that was our second interview. So I think it was our, our second interview with them. So I think that was we had already like met them and hung out with them yeah. a few times. So it, it went a little little bit easier for us. And like I, I tell you, man, like that first interview you do with with any artist, but especially like I don't know how the hell we pulled this off, but our first interview we ever did two months into starting this thing was with Rhett Miller of Old Ninety Sevens. And we yeah. still have no idea why the fuck he decided <laughs> to talk to us backstage one day. And yeah. you can ask Andy. I sat there for about 15 minutes and I like my mind went blank and I couldn't remember how to hook up my microphone. I couldn't remember how to record. And it was just like, I was like, oh my man, he's probably thinking this is Bush League right now. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's, but I, see, that's the difference between you and me is I, I would be, I would be nervous wrecked. No one, like I probably wouldn't even go. I probably wouldn't even offer to do it because I'd be so anxious about screwing up. And I, oh, this page has helped me get out of that shell a little bit. But like now, like doing this podcast is not yeah. so bad because I've done it a few times with Garrett yeah. and uh, Mike. And that's helped a little bit that first time, dude. I was like, I'm sure my knee was bouncing up and down and I was nervous just for not, not even for any reason. Just, yeah. I guess, talking, you know, talking to people, not that you don't really know yet that much, but it, uh, you got to take that step. That's just the bottom line. If you don't, then, you know, it's not going to happen. You have to take that first step and you definitely, you may have have fumbled through it, but you took it. Got Yeah. You got an interview with the old dude from the old 97. So that's, I mean, that's pretty big, you know, they're good. People love it. He was so nice about it. And just like, he had no reason to even talk to us, but he did it. And I, (laughs) I, you know, you can ask these two guys, these two guys, I've known them since we were like probably five years old. And, uh, I, I was nervous and I probably sounded nervous, but at the same time, it ain't like I've ever, uh, seen a microphone that I didn't like. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I like to talk so it, it was uh it, once we got into it it started to kind of flow a little bit better yeah hey that's good that's that's you know for what you're doing with interviewing artists and just your general conversation period that you can flow on a microphone uh man that's that's a nice skill to have because <laughs> i'm a good talker and i'm a good shit talker but i don't know if i can flow you know through a conversation just every you know every time i was to do an episode or something i don't know but so like i said i I did enjoy your podcast and i've listened to it a few times since then too so quite a few times actually so i know i didn't know garrett and mike were on it i was scrolling through your podcast i was like garrett why didn't you tell me you were on this podcast (laughs) he's like dude i think i forgot to tell you and so i listened to that and then i saw you you know talked about it at church co-ed you know so on and so on so i just you know i went through and listened and you guys carry a good conversation so it's it keeps you keeps you intrigued and uh it's you're not stumbling over your words (laughs) like i do all the time so well we appreciate that man because sometimes we get off on tangents and and like i like i don't even know how but like we have a, a guy that recurs on here Oh, he's a big professional wrestling fan. He's a good, yeah. good friend of ours growing up. So he kind of comes on and almost plays a character that's just a, a cartoon version of himself in real life. Yeah. And because uh, he, like I said, he's big into pro wrestling. So he kind of wanted to have more of a persona. Like we were talking about just like music and best fast food cheeseburgers. And then suddenly he starts talking a story about like eating ass and everything. And I'm just like, Lord <laughs> have mercy. I was like, I better make sure I put the explicit sign beside this one. All right. <laughs> Damn it! I know, right? He got it got real, uh, real risky, real quick. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, teach yeah. your own. I ain't I know, bad right? at it. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I see the uh, the was that the DD 
SS lawn oh. care thing right yeah, behind me. a few of them over here. Oh, there goes that one. Yeah, yeah man. So yeah. I, go ahead. Well, 30 Tigers. See, I accidentally, I'm not going to say I leaked Sturgill's Cutting Grass Volume 1 because I did not. It was, I picked the link up off Facebook, but I guess I had a little bit of a phone. So I put it up and everybody thought I leaked it because I had right. to take it down. And uh, I don't know, 30 Tigers. I live in Owensboro, which is, uh, it's where the Bluegrass Museum and Hall of Fame is. It's like, oh, cool. you know, minutes from where Bill Monroe's from. And uh, so uh, Darby from 30 Tigers mm-hmm. messaged me and asked me if I would come meet them in Bowling Green, which is about an hour south. It's right in the middle here in Nashville. And uh, pick up some of these and put them around and one at the Hall of Fame. So she gave me a few of them and I put them out. People stole them quick pretty quick and, uh, <laughs> so uh, i've had one no kidding i just took it out of my yard yesterday so it was through the snow and everything it was just sitting out there like ddss lawn care through <laughs> the snow and all i have people that mow my yard and uh <laughs> whenever they i put it up like towards the end of mowing season and they messaged my wife and they're like do we need to come back next year and i was like <laughs> I would have told them to call it, but it's, I don't know if you ever called the number. It was almost inaudible. It sounded like there was a weed yeah. eater going off. I, was like, <laughs> I heard it on, um, I heard it on one of the episodes you were on with hippies and cowboys. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah I heard, yeah. I heard yeah. it on that episode. And that, that's when, <laughs> when I saw it, I, I wanted to bring it up because it, it's funny. Cause like, if you, uh, you said you heard the episode where Mike and Garrett were on here with me and Andy, like we had a, uh, for about five, 10 minutes, we were talking about Sturgill Simpson. And at the time, like Sturgill was one of those guys that, I appreciated what he did, I heard that. but I was like, it, it, it just didn't click with me for whatever reason. And it's weird that it's the cutting grass albums that made me kind of get it because mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest bluegrass guy. Right. But yeah. those two records were fantastic. And it finally just clicked with me with Sturgill Simpson. It, it's just so weird that his probably the album, the two albums he put out that were the least up my alley is what got me into it. A yeah. More. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, I think it's, Obviously, there was a big uh, um, buzz about it when they were coming out, and everybody was stoked. And, it, you know, it's a shitty year, so let's get some new music. And uh, so maybe that was part of it. Maybe that's why you're like, all right, new music, let's dig in. And then it just hit you. But he did have the best bluegrass pickers, you know, some of the best in the world on oh, yeah. there. And I think you kind of see that in the, the final product. It was amazing. It really was, and I'm I'm hoping they can get him to the Hall of Fame here to play a show. That would be pretty kick ass for a little. He says he's down for you know gravel parking lots and poor John, you know all, <laughs> all that stuff around. So see a bunch of wooks walking around in tie dye. So I'm ready too. Hopefully, yeah, man. That that'd be a that'd be a cool show if they can get him to do that. Because like one of the things that I really liked about those ones, they had some of the um. Uh, the Sunday Valley songs on there. Yeah. Cause like I had heard some of those songs on YouTube a long time ago. And, um, and then I, I just thought it was funny that like, you know, the, I guess the more casual Sturgill fans on Twitter, cause like I yeah. knew his music pretty well, even if I didn't like, it wasn't in my regular rotation. It's just right. like, I kept seeing people like we got brand new songs from him. And then I went and looked at it. And I was like, well, these are not really new. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, but he, uh, he still kept a little bit of a country vibe to it. Like, yeah. cause he, with his music, I think a lot of it depends, you know, is 
the beat of it and the groove of it. And he kept a lot of that with the bluegrass stuff. It wasn't just, you know, it, it, they didn't just go straight forward, uh, you know, fast bluegrass, yeah. you know, it, it had, it still kept the, the rhythm and the flow of the song, yeah. which uh, is a lot of uh, what makes him so special, I think. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, you hear people say it. I don't know if you hear people say it all the time, but I do. And even towards, you know, a few years ago, I I had trouble hearing some of the things he was saying with his thick ass nope. Kentucky accent. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, God dang. So you go look it up, you're like, oh, okay, all right. But uh, yeah, it seems like that's even cleared up on that album. I don't I think know if so, that was too. intentional or not. Yeah, very, very much so. And uh, maybe even a little bit more on this, uh, the, the Sound of Fury album, which I don't know if you, you know if you care about that album or not but that was probably uh, my that's probably my least favorite of his of I, his records it, well, yeah. you know i mean it's probably my least favorite too and i and i still really do like it um i am a sturgill stan though yeah, so yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so i get it yeah uh, a lot of people do not like it at all <laughs> we were at the rep arena show and people just started flooding out and I think, like, if you heard it live, like, I don't know if you're, I mean, I guess you like go or whatever. So you like rock music. Yeah, yeah. But uh, live, it was, it was pretty impressive live. And it, it sounded, I think, 10 times better than the album itself because yeah. you can't hear nothing with him singing. All the vocals are bogged down and yep. stuff. But I feel like I'm rambling now. <laughs> hey, man, it happens. That's, that's the beauty <laughs> of a podcast. We don't have to be so radio and so, uh, <laughs> so dialed in on everything. Yeah. But. You know, it's funny you say on the, the cutting grass, um, bluegrass records he did, how he still kind of kept that element of country. And uh, I think some of that, too, has to be with just how deep his his voice is. Uh, as Dirk Bentley likes to joke, um, you know, he when he sings bluegrass, like when he would, I think it was, what is it called, The Station Inn in uh, Nashville? Yeah. He would do that. Yeah. He's like, when he sings, he sings a lot deeper. He did. He never had that that bluegrass surgery, <laughs> as he yeah. said, where they sing up real high. And yeah. I think that uh, I think that that's probably what kind of kept Sturgill stuff, even though it's unabashedly bluegrass, right? Mm-hmm. I think just because of how deep his voice is, it still kind of has that element of, of country. No, um, yeah, right in there with it. Yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. And like you said, with the Sunday Valley stuff, I think that was a big, I think that was a good thing for him to put those on there because so many people haven't heard, even at least if they've heard some of them, a couple of them they put on there, they probably hadn't really heard because they're hard right. to find. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky enough to have have some MP3 copies anyway of all the, nice. the records, but uh, yeah, I think that was a big selling point for a lot of people is putting some of that stuff on there, and he he killed it, yeah, changed them over to bluegrass. So I definitely I've, uh, agree. Slowly turned my future father-in-law into a Sturgill stand. Uh, yeah, we we're in the process of fixing up a house. We I, me and his daughter bought, and uh, you know he had Waylon Jennings just pumping through the house. And I yeah. told Alexa to pause, and he was like, hey, look, I'm going to let you play something, but don't play no shit. <laughs> and I put on uh, some Sturgill, and then about, about 30 or 45 minutes later, he was like, all right, I'll give you some credit. He didn't play no shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's been listening to it, because I've showed him how to play YouTube on his phone. Yeah. And he had it playing in his truck the other day. So he he's slowly becoming a Sturgill stand. Uh, yeah, and yeah. I know a lot of Sturgill Sturgill fans and maybe Sturgill himself don't see maybe even the Waylon uh, similarities, mm-hmm. but that first album, the Hot Top Mountain album, has a lot of you know Waylon sounding stuff in it to me oh, yeah. anyway. Yeah, and uh, so I'm sure that probably caught your 
future oh, father-in-law's yeah, yeah. here? Yeah, well, the first song I played for him was Long White Line. And that, to me, is one hey, of those songs go. that sounds a lot like Waylon. Uh, and he just, he's like, yeah, keep it playing. Let's keep it going. So, Yeah, yes, that song's got that kind of, that, that, I don't know what it is. that, But, it, yes, very Waylon-esque. Yeah, it, it, it does kind of remind you of, like, the, the 80s, like, trucker music. And we have a resident yeah. trucker here. So he, Yeah, Andy's a truck driver. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he's a resident truck expert. All right. Well, I gotta get like a, a semi truck driver. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, there's a band called the Pink Stones. They're kind of like um, like '60s cosmic country style, like uh, you know, similar to the Eagles or the Flying Burrito Brothers, people oh, like yeah. that. And uh, they got a song called "Jesus and Peterbilt." <laughs> I might have to definitely I have to listen to that one. Fan or not, but oh yeah, anyway. he has a okay. Peterbilt. <laughs> oh, there you go. That's the one you need. Then I showed that to a trucker yesterday, uh, Kobe Langham out of uh, Danville, Kentucky. He he plays music too, but he's a trucker and he loved it. So I'm definitely gonna have to look that up. Uh, I wanted to I wanted to ask you. I saw you memeing about Boone County, uh, West Virginia. Yeah. Have you ever been to Boone County? <laughs> oh, no. well, I don't think I have. I went to. Uh, I used to work for a crane company and uh, we had to take a big piece of like a big tank, or like this thing that to a Kingsford charcoal plant. Yeah. And it was in the, the mountains of West Virginia with this hundred foot long trailer going around all these turns. So I don't know for sure if I've been there, but I have obviously heard the stories and seen the so documentaries. A, yeah. So me and my dad do electrical work and there was a guy that used to help us. He came down like right down after all the coal mines got shut down looking for work and man he actually knew jesse from the wild and wonderful whites of west virginia he was from van west virginia and he said yeah everything on that show is exactly like that and yeah I, and i didn't I, I looked up where owensboro uh, owensboro is. it looks like you're on the other side of kentucky but yeah I yeah yeah, I, yeah I, kentucky's <laughs> a cool state i didn't know uh if you'd ever been to boone county but no. one of my favorite TV shows is actually based in Kentucky. I don't know if you ever watched um, Justified. Justified. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a fantastic I, show. Yeah, that is my favorite show. Yeah, Harlan I've County. Only, I've only seen some of it. for and But I, it is one, like, I don't know if it's up on a streaming service right now, but when it, when it is available, it's on I Hulu. will watch. It yeah, is on Hulu. Yeah, I believe it's also on Amazon Prime. <sighs> well, then I definitely have that. So I might have to get on there and watch it because yeah. it's actually filmed in Lexington. Yep. Harlan County is right outside of where I was talking about Southeast uh, Kentucky. Okay. So it's down yeah. there and it's like beautiful mountains and stuff. Yep. So it's not, I don't know why they base it in there, but either way, yeah. yes, I hear, I've always heard great things about it. And I, I love things that are based in Kentucky. So it's like yeah, a, we take on a modern day Western almost. Yeah. What I would describe it as. So, yeah. We'd be interested to to hear if uh, it's pretty accurate for Kentucky after you watch it, because uh, us North Carolinians <laughs> don't really know. <laughs> we just know what's on TV. So. I'm not going to ruin it for you. <laughs> just, yes, it's 100% accurate. <laughs> so what was it you said? It was Laurel Cove. Um, there's a yes. music, and that's in what? I thought I saw Mike say something about it. What, June 10th, right? Uh, yeah, uh, June 11th and 12th of the actual okay. dates. Okay. And that's in Bell County, Kentucky. And, uh, that's right, you know, right next to Harlan, Harlan County. And, uh, yes, I mean, they're, it, it's a super small town. It's 
Pineville and Middlesboro or in that county. And uh, I don't know how many people, they can't have that many people. It's pretty small. And uh, anyway, they got this, it's called Pine Mountain. And then this, I told you the same theater's pretty much carved into the side of it. And uh, so they're having Morgan Wade's going to be there. Lost Dog Street Band's going to be there. Arlo McKinley. I don't know if you, you know, I'm familiar with him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I told you Sunday best. That's Nicholas Jamerson's band. They're going to be there. And then it's just like, uh, and you know, 41, 49 Winchester. And it's just like this laundry list of local people that are like killing it, at least locally. And uh, I'm telling you, it is, if you ever get a chance, you know, I don't know how far, I guess you're closer to, you're closer to the coat. Like, yeah, closer to yeah. the coast than okay yeah, yeah so it's probably probably a pretty good drive for you yeah. but it'd probably be a uh i don't know how uh where i don't know my geography in kentucky too well so it might would be in our best interest if we were to go it'd probably be uh a flight for us yeah no, to it's Knoxville, not that far. probably yeah Is it not no it's uh, probably, Andy probably i mean know. well it's like probably six hours but it yeah costs. so it's probably yeah which isn't too you know, it's not it's, too bad. Not the most, not the most fun, but it's probably you know it's cheaper than flying. So yeah, because I was gonna, I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say I saw the lineup for that. I think y'all had shared um uh, a while back, maybe last week or so, something like that. And I yeah. was like, I, I hadn't talked to the guys about it yet, but I was like, that would be a, a good. We've been saying once everything kind of you know opens back up a little bit more, we've been wanting to take a couple uh, country and coal cans trips. Uh, yeah, and I think that would be an, an interesting and fun fun festival to go to, especially kind of seeing some of the folks that, um, like you saying, are like up and coming. And then you still got like guys like the moon pies who, um, I saw them open for American aquarium two years ago yeah. and, and they, they are a killer live band is something never, else. I'm, I've never gotten to see them. And I, I want to really bad. I, I didn't know anything about them until their, uh, steak ninth prairie rose album came out. And, uh, yes, they, I don't know how they're not bigger. They're pretty hey, awesome. Really though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they play that old school honky tonk music, but you know, then they kind of not switched it up. Their last album was even, you know, they put their balls on the table. They're like, "Old Tyler Childers is releasing yep. an album today. Here we go. Let's let's release one too." So I'm, I, you know, I don't know if it was planned, but either way, they did it, and they might have had, you know, to a lot of people's ears, the better album. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to see those guys, and uh, like I said, Morgan Wade. I, yeah. I went to kicking it on the creek, I guess 2019, the last one they had, and uh, I missed her. I didn't, I didn't get there till the next day, so I didn't get to see her. Um, but that's a little festival. That's Tyler's like they started that festival to pay for his first album, and uh, so it's in his like buddy's front yard mm-hmm. at their house. And I mean, they still have you know probably four or five thousand people, I guess, probably close to it. And that might be the best festival I've ever been to. It's a different kind of thing you're tucked in the daniel boone national forest you don't have an ounce of cell phone service which is good but does kind of suck and uh you know first world problems so (laughs) but the the lineups they have there and just the everybody just it seems like you're friends with everybody as soon as you're there i mean they're all they're a hugging bunch in uh estill county kentucky so (laughs) Yeah, I think that'd be a fun trip because I've been uh, – I think I told Andy a while back that <laughs> some of you guys that, like, we made connections with on Twitter. Yeah. It'd be cool, you know, one of these days kind of, like, be at a festival and actually get to, to meet people in person, not just always on the Zoom every time because, like, uh, 
we, we all have some, we have obviously have a little bit of musical differences, but we're all pretty much on the same team when it comes to that yeah. stuff. So. For sure. And it's not, you know, uh, you know, obviously Garrett and Mike are going to come down for that. And, uh, you know, I've kind of joined, I pretty much joined their team um, mm-hmm. where we, you know, talk about uh, business stuff and I write a little bit for their website. And uh, yeah, we just do one big companion podcast. We just have artist after artist come on. It'd be a good time. Oh yeah, it definitely would. Drink a few bush lattes. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, um, so we're, as you know, is in the name, we're very music centric, but we always like to dive into some other stuff with people that we have on. And, uh, you were showing me before we started recording, you know, you're University of Kentucky, uh, fan. So kind of want to get into a little bit of sports talk here. It's always fun when you have guys shooting the shit on some, uh, some college basketball. Yeah. It's not the best year for blue bloods this year. It really isn't. North Carolina, Duke. Us. I'm hoping we can make a run to the tournament, but I, uh, if, if I, I'm doing this because somebody else is already doing what I would do for Kentucky sports. Right. Yeah. So I, I, you know, that's besides my family, Kentucky, Kentucky Wildcats is, it's pretty, pretty addicting, uh, thing i have going on there and it has been for a long time so this year has not been the most fun but i still i I don't remember the last time i missed a game so and uh it's probably a little bit unhealthy but i've gotten a little bit better over the years and i know that uh this music thing is going to require me to you know maybe miss a game here and there (laughs) so it uh i'm trying to work that into my head and uh yeah, I'm hoping we have a, a a good week this weekend. Yeah, and uh, I know you said you were a or, or you you're a Wolfpack fan too. Slash, we're not going to talk about the other team. Yeah, so I'm I'm a I definitely am a, a Wolfpack <laughs> fan now because I I graduated there about five years ago. So it's in it's in my blood at this point. It's my alma mater, man. So it's like they're they're number one for me. The uh, the other dark blue school down the road. I grew up and I still have a soft spot in my heart for. Because, I mean, it was just a big part of my life for a long time. But, I mean, as you're probably aware, the triangle in North Carolina of Raleigh, Durham, and Chapel Hill, college basketball is king around here, man. So, it's like yeah. – it's it's kind of made me uh, chuckle a little bit to see Duke and Carolina struggle some this year. And everybody, yeah. like – because I'm just like, now they know how it feels to be an NC State fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not the, and not the most fun. But at the same time, it's almost like uh, it's my release – I've always yeah. used it as so it's like my escape from whatever, you know, my nine to five job that I'm at every day. I get to yeah. come home on a Tuesday or Thursday or Saturday, whatever it is, and for two hours or you know three hours of football. So you know, I'm just I'm using it as that this year. Yeah, I'm not talking too much shit, unfortunately. So well, man, but, y'all uh, y'all y'all beat us in the. Uh... The Gator Bowl this past year. That was a yeah. frust- that was a frustrating game because Kentucky and uh, NC State faced off on that. And NC, there's this little uh, running joke amongst the Wolfpack fan base thing that we like to call NC State shit. We could have yeah. uh, the best season in the world, and little things will rear its ugly head and cause just the worst possible luck to happen to NC State athletics. And uh, by God, man, it happened in the Gator Bowl against Kentucky. Yeah, <laughs> like every little like our our kicker pulled a hamstring before the game started 
and he's the most accurate kicker in our school's history. And he missed three field goals and we lost by like two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, uh, that, that was a fun game though. And, uh, it was. <laughs> you know, <sighs> this year in football was, I guess it was a little bit Kentucky football notoriously has maybe the worst luck. So piss <laughs> on your bad luck. <laughs> we yep. have the worst luck ever. <laughs> And I've gone through many heartbreaks watching Kentucky football, and I I still love it, and I watch it just as much as basketball. Yeah. I, I grew up going to get, I grew up going to more of those games just because you know yeah. they were probably more affordable because oh, sure. you know we were for just sure. okay, and uh, so yeah, piss on your bad luck. I'm glad <laughs> you know I'm glad he pulled his hand through. As long as he's, as long as he's okay. As long yeah, as he's he's, okay. he's good. He'll be back next year. So. All right. But, I mean, look, it's tough for y'all, man. The SEC football is a real deal. So. <laughs> that, does, that doesn't help any. Yeah. So that uh, us trying to be better, and we and we have had a you know a few good years here recently, and we're getting better. Yeah. But it's it's harder to do in the damn SEC. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. Yeah. yeah, Logan, they play in a real football conference. <clears throat> hey, uh, Kyle over here is a East Carolina University fan. They yeah, don't man. even play in a real conference. So I don't know why he hey. likes to talk during these things. Look, man, yeah, D. Berry went to the we we beat they, y'all in, in the Liberty Bowl. I think one year. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. I've never got to talk crap about with Kentucky football. <laughs> y'all got two schools. State, state is the redheaded <laughs> stepchild. I'm looking at the black sheep over here that. Just annoys the piss out of everybody. Yeah. But, uh, we actually had a kid right down the road. You know, he was never going to go. I don't, our basketball program just doesn't even exist. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's there, but it doesn't exist. He actually went to Kentucky. He was right, he was right down the road in uh, Greenville. Remember uh, Bam Abadeo? Oh, my God. He was from I Farmville. Love him, dude. Yeah, he was from Farmville, North Carolina, right down the road from there. And he, dude, he's, he's killing it. Yeah, he's a monster. He just well, got that big contract extension. Yeah, bought his mama a house. I love yeah, it. I love it. He's a farm boy. We've had a few North Carolina boys. I mean, yeah, we had John yeah. Wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bam. Yep. We've had a few of them, and we had one. I think go to maybe NC State. I don't know if Sasha Clay Johnson went to NC State. Or he, not, so he 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 had his he transferred here, had his redshirt year here, and then he just left after his redshirt yeah. year and went somewhere else. I I don't know I what know. that was about. I hate that for kids. Like, it seems like some of those kids, maybe they shouldn't, whether or not they feel like they should have left, maybe they shouldn't have, and then they kind of end up in no man's land where they're kind of screwed yeah. going forward. And I hate that for, you know, because they're young. Uh, you know, I, I did a lot of stupid stuff, but I still do. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting ready to be 33 in June, and I still do a lot of stupid stuff. So, <laughs> hey, don't we all, man? Hey, so, Jonathan, you want to know in, uh, a classic NC State conspiracy theory when it comes to BAM? Okay. Oh, God. So Bam was a was a heavy NC State lean throughout his entire recruitment until really uh, John that. Calipari showed up and he had his bag man drop off some money <laughs> at the front door and then God he heads dang. he heads off to Lexington and, and leaves his home state. Hey, let me tell you something. It, if if we were paying players, they'd have busted his ass by now. <laughs> They're all over his ass. They are every they time. Are. <laughs> God dang NC State! <laughs> I tell you what. Y'all, y'all, is that Jim Bavano? Is that Jim Bavano? Yeah, yeah, Jimmy V was here. Yeah. Y'all are longing for those days, aren't you? Yeah, we are. <laughs> we haven't won and a number conference championship. winning the championship. Yep. It's, you know, you get to see it every year, though. You do. It's, it's it's good and bad because you get to relive I get to see the, the glory days. every year. <laughs> yeah. So. 
you get to relive the glory days, but it's also uh torment when you see what used to be from a uh, basketball program that used to be good and then went into the wilderness in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> and they wanted to well, fire him. Yeah, they did. They did fire or they, <laughs> they I think he stepped down. The, yeah, they, they wanted him gone right before he I won. To, <laughs> I used to read this book about um uh Kentucky's old game by uh, uh play by play guy, Kay Wood Ledford. Mm-hmm. Did it for years and years. Retired after the Duke game, I guess, the the ninety two game. Yeah. And uh he had a bit uh, a little uh, blurb in there about Jim Bob Bono. I guess he had talked to him. Damn it. Oh my gosh. I might have to remember it. Somebody put a dead dog on his porch. That's all I know. And Jeez. I like, cause I wanted him to leave. Yeah. And I don't, I, 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 I'm not going to be able to finish this wonderful thing because I can't remember what it said. I swear to God, I had it. <laughs> I'm going to find it. And I'm going to send it to you. All right. Yeah. I'd like to see that actually. Cause that, all right, that's, yes. That's but he did say somebody put a dead dog on his porch telling him oh, to get man. out or like it would be his or something like, you know, yeah. Next. Yeah. So, you know, we actually have a, a John Calipari uh, story from about 2000. I want to say it was 2006. Uh, right when around the time we ended up hiring Sidney Lowe, we had an AD here that was the worst AD we second worst AD we might have ever had named Lee Fowler. And John Calipari was very interested in leaving Memphis to go to NC State because he was like, he was, he's a competitor, man. Like, you got to respect the guy. He wanted to compete with Duke and UNC being so close. And he interviewed twice for the role. Then he met up at a pizza place on Linwood Avenue in Raleigh with our AD. And our AD, the story goes, our AD made him pay for his own pizza. And, and John Calipari turned to his uh, people and said, I knew at that moment I was not going to work for this man. <laughs> uh, see, there's a story like that with uh, Adolph Rupp and Bear Bryant used to coach football at Kentucky at the same time. And I'm trying, see, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to not be able to remember the exact thing. Either way, Adolph Rupp got a Cadillac and Bear Bryant got like, you know, let's just say, for instance, like a, a gift card. Like, yep. so, and that's when he decided to leave to, to go on to, I guess, do pretty awesome things for Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say so. Damn it. I hate Alabama. Well, in the interest of, uh, of unity here, I think there's one thing we, that all four of us can agree on. That's our, Louisville. Our, yeah, well, yes, Louisville yeah. too. <laughs> yes, that too. We got them in our my, conference now. They they did our, beat, they, we lost in the super regional off some. Yeah. Blue, yeah, we hate Louisville, we hate Louisville too because they're you know they're carpet bagging over to our our coastal conference. But uh, but one thing I know that Kentucky fans can get on board with this is our shared hatred of the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yes. yeah. Yes. I uh, uh, it seems like every year we suck that they that we have to play them, and it's yep. like of course we <laughs> suck this year. And they, you know it, they they don't they're not that good either this year. So that's a little bit little bit of saving grace. But and the game wasn't you know the game wasn't horrible. But yes, I hate Kentucky fans like maybe my dad's age, maybe a little younger. They really hate North Carolina. Yeah, because when Dean Smith was there, he'd yep. slow he'd slow the game down and you know play like it was the '60s. So yep. they hate him. <laughs> <laughs> they're always calling into the. I listen to show uh, Kentucky Sports Radio. Yeah. Yeah, every day, and uh, people still call in when we play North Carolina, and they're always bitching about <laughs> Dean Smith running the four corners or whatever else he ran. So, yeah, they they really hate him. Oh yeah, 
I look, yeah. man, it, that's a shared hatred. Everybody around here, even if some of us were are barely old enough to remember Dean at UNC, we still hate Dean Smith. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wonderful thing. It is passed down from generation to generation. So it is. Dean was dirty yeah. before it was cool to be dirty. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> that cheating scandal started under Dean Smith. I would yeah, I'll go to my grave on that one. <laughs> man, they got all scot free, didn't they? They really did. Yes. So my, my last college basketball question I have for you, and I know that all we'll right. probably have a disagreement on this one just because, you know, we're all proud of our great states. So best college basketball rivalry of all time, Kentucky-Louisville or Duke-UNZ? Well, I'm, obvi- I'm obviously going to say Kentucky-Louisville. Uh, I expected it. It. <laughs> it was better when scumbag Patino was there. Right. Dude, our, that first the first game we had – when Calipari got here, we had John Wall and Marcus Cousins. Oh my God! Uh, they had a player picking a fight, and Eric Bledsoe. They had yep. a player kind of bumping on him and trying to pick a fight with him, and they were walking by the bench. You could see it on the camera. Calipari is like, "You're fucking with the wrong guy." And then, you know, shortly after that, Marcus Cousins got somebody on the ground, put an elbow in their face, did not get kicked out, which was awesome. And uh, hey, that's payback so, for the Leitner game. Him not getting kicked out. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's right. There you go. You know, and uh, dude, so I love to hate them, man. When when Duke and North Carolina play, I'm just waiting for that ceiling to collapse when that Florida open up and just swallow them all. That a boy. We agree there. All right. So I would like to piggyback off that. All right. Is you is uh, Kentucky Louisville a bigger rivalry? than Auburn, Alabama? I guess it's hard to say. I truly, I truly feel like it is. Okay. But because, I mean, we hate each other in basketball, football. They may act like they hate each other in basketball. They don't give a shit about basketball. No, they don't. <laughs> but they, de- they definitely do care about their football. I remember a few years ago that dude went down – I don't yeah. know if he's out. Did, did poison the trees? Yeah, they poisoned the in Auburn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, dude. I mean, that's that's pretty. They're like hundred. They're like over hundred year old trees, and they poison them. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. But so you know what? I've got a best buddy that I've I haven't disowned him yet, but he jumped ship from the Wildcats and and went. He he claims you know his family's from Alabama and all you know one of those oh, yeah, guys. Yeah. So screw Alabama. And everybody playing football in that state. Exactly. We can agree Screw on that, it. too. <laughs> Screw their rivalry. Yeah. Screw them all. <laughs> exactly. They, they win. Uh, Nick Saban wins too much for me to want to pull God. from. He's Why is he so man? good? I hate it. Why is he so good? Yeah, I know. He is, though. He's like the Tom Brady. Freaking he really football. is. really is. <laughs> Can't help but win. Yep. <laughs> well, man, I got to say, we appreciate you coming on. I had a good time. Dude, it's been a blast. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, man. Very much. We'd love to have you back on sometime in the future. Maybe we can uh, do another podcast here and, uh, you know, talk about some some new artists. Hopefully, uh, Cole Chaney will have out some new music. We can, we can dissect that a little bit. That'll be coming on the way soon. Good so, deal, man. Just pay attention. It'll be out. And he's, I'm telling you, he's going to blow up. Yeah, I hope so, man. I'm, I'm going to yeah. check some of that stuff out tonight. So, uh and that, as always on Country and Cold Cans, I'm Logan sitting here with Andy and Kyle and the mean man himself, Jonathan. We appreciate it. And we will see you next time. Thank you, guys.